Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Michael Rock. And I'm Brendan Collins. And welcome to the Balls Over the Top podcast. Happy to have you here. Tonight we got a number of things on our agenda for you. We're going to be talking about some soccer. Talking about a lot of uh, the sports going on here stateside. Yeah, a lot of playoff action heating up. Playoff action in the NHL, NBA. Uh, and we, uh, we're closing in on the NFL season coming yeah. up. So uh, without further, further ado, uh, why don't we jump right into things? Let's, let's start off with some Champs League talk because we have a number of things that uh, that happened this past week. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna press pause on everything here, and mm-hmm. uh, your chair's loud as hell. Yeah, no, this sucks. <laughs> this is all to stay because we already switched chairs, and this chair is no better. They're both noisy. Yeah, I definitely need to change chairs. Would that, I think that one would be better. It makes so much. It, the noise is so loud. Yeah. Yeah. It's so loud. I don't know how this is picking up. It's probably picking up pretty aggressively, though. And Tom agrees. Yeah. Um, I'm probably better off sitting on, like, the fucking ottoman. Don't bring the fucking ottoman into this. So, we got Champs League football. We do. We have Champs League football. Uh, we had a really exciting round of quarterfinal matchups. They were, uh, there were some great games in this one. And I gotta say, and I don't know if it's just since the comeback. Mm-hmm. But we had a lot of upsets, a lot of upsets in all of the European matchups. That's true. Uh, uh, I think I think surprising is really the right word for it. There were a lot of surprising games. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I mean, right off the bat, that PSG Atlanta game was an absolute thriller. That was that was incredible. Uh, they played each other, Paris Saint Germain versus uh, the Italian side Atlanta. PSG big uh, big uh, big fans or not fans? Wow, big uh, favorites in big this favorites, match. Yeah, yeah uh, heavily favored, and uh, Atlanta really uh, looked like they were going to win this match for about ninety nine percent of it. Yeah, eighty seven uh, minutes of that game. Yeah, and then all of a sudden PSG scoring two rapid goals in the last closing moments of the game, uh, devastating for the Italian side, but. Uh, I mean, on paper, PSG is the more talented side. No, they've definitely spent more money for their players. You've got quite literally two of the best attacking threats in the world right now, both quite young in Neymar and Kylian Mbappe. So it's really no surprise that they were able to score so quickly, especially because Kylian got brought on as a second-half sub, which means he was was fresh fresh. against tired legs. um... But yeah, it's still surprising to see that uh, that happen with that much speed i mean the two goals came what less than six minutes apart yeah really fast at the end there one two punch knocks atlanta out of the tournament so we're going to see paris in uh one of the semi-final matchups uh the next match uh that was really neat on thursday was red bull leipzig versus atletico madrid now i totally picked this wrong by the way I'm, i'm pretty certain i went what one for four on uh quarterfinal picks it was mm-hmm. not my best uh my best display but uh Leipzig getting the 2-1 win over at Atletico Madrid um really dominated m- much of the match uh to my surprise I thought they were going to be rusty coming back uh the longer layoff since their league was playing uh losing who in my opinion was their best player mm-hmm. I just did not see Leipzig 
being the inspired side to come up and, and get this win, and I was wrong. Yeah, uh, they uh, they looked like the only inspired side and for uh, for large portions of that game. Atletico looked really sloppy, uh, really kind of lost, I thought at points. Um, and we got to see we got to see uh, something which is always exciting for us here is a uh, American perform at the highest levels of European football because that's always an encouraging side. Tyler Adams scoring that late winning goal. Really impressive. Really yeah. impressive. Uh, took a couple of deflections. He felt bad for Jan Oblak there. But yeah. uh, always great to see an American shine there. Knocking uh, one of the remaining Spanish sides out of the competition. Mm-hmm. And then the next day we got to see the other remaining German side absolutely demolish the other remaining Spanish competition. Bayern Munich absolutely thrashing. FC Barcelona eight to two on Friday. Yes, it was never even close. No, uh, Byron scored at will. Uh, Arturo Vidal embarrassed himself a bit, saying, "We're not just a Bundesliga side. Where Byron didn't score eight goals on uh, any of the Bundesliga sides." Yeah, I mean they really showed up to play. Uh, I know I was feeling it last week after Byron handled handled Chelsea pretty easily. Yeah. This was the only one we were really confident in that we knew the result, but even we couldn't have foreseen this coming. I was feeling pretty good about myself yeah. and my how my team fared uh, after having seen this. I mean, supposedly the best player in the world, one of the superpowers of Europe, uh, one of the superpowers of world football, mm-hmm. just embarrassed. Yes. Eight to two. Imploded. Yeah. Um, and so... And that brings us to our last match, which was uh, Olympico Lyon versus Manchester City. Another major upset. Lyon uh, winning this one 3-1. to one. Uh, The French side knocking out the last remaining English team. Uh, mm-hmm. They said this is the first time since, I think they said 1996, that there are going to be no English teams in the semifinals of yes. the Champions League. And then they said... It's the first time in a substantially longer time that there are no, I don't remember the exact years, uh, that there were no Spanish teams, Italian teams, or English teams in the Final Four. This is wild. I mean, we have, we have two France versus Germany matchups, yeah. giving the possibility for an all-French or all-German final. But I, I mean, we're going to get to our picks in a moment, mm-hmm. but I imagine we're going to have... Uh, Two of the big superpowers of Europe coming through for a final. Um, I, I, I'm not you, gonna li- you like the round badges? Yeah, the round badges. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain, I think, on their day should best Leipzig. And yeah. I think Bayern Munich will demolish Lyon. I, I, I kind of am rooting for Lyon. I think they're the biggest underdog of the group. I think it would be a lot of fun to see them get to the final. Mm-hmm. Leipzig right there with them. I mean, they're... Not that old of a club. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been fun to watch. They've really ascended uh, through the ranks in Germany. I got. I gotta say, I would. I would take absolutely either French team winning this over any of these Bundesliga teams. Uh, these are both two of the most evil clubs in the Bundesliga. Uh, Bayern is, you know, has basically made the rest of the league a bit of a farm team for them by just having the financial uh, power to kind of nab any player they want in the league. And Red Bull Leipzig is everything that's wrong with soccer and uh, threatens the sanctity of the 51 
uh, or 50 plus one rule that the Bundesliga has, which I think makes it one of the most fun leagues to watch. Uh, so yeah, I would like either French team to, uh, to keep on moving through this. Uh, but yeah, Lyon, it would be, it would be fun to watch. I enjoy watching their players quite play quite a bit. They really embarrassed, uh, Ederson, uh, with those goals. Neither of them were particularly sharp. Uh, Raheem Sterling looked terrible in that Man City game. Excited to see what happens, but I'm really, I'm really hoping we see a, a French Champions League. That'd be fun. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've never been a big fan of Paris Saint Germain, kind of for a lot of the same reasons that you just described. Your disdain for Bayern and Leipzig, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think we're going to get good quality of matches, no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. So I'm excited. True. Uh, that should bring us to our next topic, uh, the Europa League, the little brother of uh, the Champions League. Yeah, the NIT tournament of uh, world football, yeah. or European football at least. So we're coming up to the semifinals. In the, uh, well, sorry, we just finished the semifinals this week. Uh, some pretty exciting games that we had uh, leading up to this. Uh, since our last episode, we had Shakhtar versus Basel and Wolves versus Sevilla. Um I was very wrong. Uh, I thought the Wolves were really going to show up and take Sevilla uh, to get to the semis, and sadly they did not. Um, Shakhtar got the win over Basel as well. I know you were kind of pulling for Basel there. It's Uh, just fun to see a new new face in the... Yeah, some uh, fresh blood. Um, That then brought us to our semifinals, uh, which were yesterday and today. Uh, We had Sevilla versus Man United. And Inter Milan versus Shakhtar. Um, gotta say, I was pretty surprised by the first result. I thought United would handle Sevilla, I don't want to say easily. I know that they're a pretty respectable club over there in Spain. Mm-hmm. But I just in general thought that Manchester would, uh, would, would be the better team. They really finished strong after the coronavirus break. Had a really solid end to the Premier League season. Um... We're making a really solid run in the FA Cup until they ran into Chelsea in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. I was just optimistic uh, that, again, we were going to have some English representation there. And they were bested. Uh, honestly, they were outclassed most of the game by Sevilla. The first 15 minutes, 20 minutes, United looked really good. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of went all downhill from there. And just, yeah, really lost their grip on the game and really... Uh it almost kind of turned out embarrassing they really yeah. couldn't get things going forward at all at the end they they looked totally clueless out on the pitch they looked like they had no idea what they were doing uh really an embarrassing not i don't want to say embarrassing i mean two to one semi-final for a ma- major european competition especially after covid and all that i mean Nobody's going to hold it above their head. They're also playing in the Champs League next year, no matter what. They're also they're also playing a team that they haven't gotten to see play for quite a while. Yeah, but it would have been, you know, the, it was their only chance at silverware this season. Yep. And um, they didn't really come through. No. So uh, today we had Inter Milan versus Shakhtar. Now this went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Maybe not quite as lopsided, but... Inter Milan getting the 5-0 win over Shakhtar. Uh, I think Inter Milan's a fantastic squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they finished only a point out of the Ch- uh, Serie A title this past season. Uh, I really like Antonio Conte and all of the exodus of 
EPL talent that went over there with mm-hmm. Lukaku, Ashley Young, uh, Alexis Sanchez. Well, and speaking of speaking of uh, Lukaku and uh, both uh, both strikers got a brace today, which is very uh, very promising for yeah, an, an impressive showing. Absolutely, and so I mean, I, I'm gonna kind of tip them as my who I think who I like uh, coming up. I really think Inter Milan's going to get the win over Sevilla on Friday, but it again should be a great match. And Sevilla's shocked me several times now. So yeah, so yeah. Sevilla's a very hard team to break down. I wouldn't be surprised if they give Inter Milan trouble. That being said, though, I don't know how they fare attacking going back. I think it's going to be a really close game. Yep, absolutely. Sticking on soccer, but we're heading stateside. We have uh, the MLS restart coming soon. Thursday. Is it? Uh, it is coming Thursday, at least for the Union. It's coming up on Thursday. That's uh, right. That is Thursday the 20th, so a couple of days from now, three days. Uh, really exciting. Uh, the way that the MLS is doing this, they're trying to get at least kind of a shortened uh, season in uh, this year. They're, uh, each team is going to be starting off right now at least with six regionalized games. Um, and they're going to be then having another 12 games uh, in the future to try and give each team 23 games by the end of the regular season. I'm excited about it. It's going to be good to see, you know, they didn't have a plan in place after the MLS was back tournament for at least a little while. I'm excited that they got something relatively quickly. All the teams seem on board and it seems like they're doing it in a way that's both safe, uh, competition friendly. I'm really excited for it. I, I thought they did a great job with the MLS's back tournament. Uh, and I'm looking forward to them having the facilities and the resources that they're used to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I agree. I think uh, I think we're in for even better MLS soccer, which is uh, something that is definitely exciting. Uh, something that's not exciting is uh, seeing players get booed for protesting. Now this is coming. We're Philly fans first. So the fact that this happened in Dallas does add a little bit of bias. But Well, first of all, I'm shocked to be seeing fans in the stadium anywhere, especially in a place like Texas where COVID outbreak and, and cases have been rampant. Yeah, it's been a problem. The fact that fans are in the stands in such a small margin and they're going to use that privilege and that opportunity that tons of people throughout the country and world would love the opportunity to be watching their team in person, to then boo, throw items, and have a little tantrum over something that's been almost universally accepted and embraced throughout the sports world, not even just in the United States. Yeah, no, it's it's been uh, embraced worldwide. It's it's a display of systemic problems that are definitely real. And to see players protesting and getting booed is really just a you know if I, if I were one of them i'd say you know what fine don't allow fans in yeah i would you know let's keep fans out for the next year there's no way it's, and that this past game they actually had to stay in the locker room for the anthem yeah. they had the players just stay in the locker room because they didn't want to deal with it that's a joke that's that's a disgrace to the city of dallas but i don't know if they have any real standards yeah as i mean it, is. I, it, it, um, it just shows really where the uh where the fan mentality is at and i guess you also have to put up with the fact that there's going to be a, an overlap of people who 
don't like that kind of mentality and then also are willing to go out and go to go to events out in public while there is this pandemic happening there's just there's an inevitable overlap absolutely in in fan base clientele demographic yeah I, i get it but it's just a bummer to see these this group of people in this place have the opportunity and the chance to go see their team and that's how they treat that and you know acting as though this whole thing is about them which it has nothing to do with them absolutely it's been that was pretty pathetic all right let's move on to something that's been a little bit less pathetic it's been the major league baseball season so far one third of the way in yeah we're about a third of the way in here and i gotta say a lot of the teams are well, first of all, I'm pleasantly surprised by the way that the league has rebounded. Mm-hmm. I know that they really struggled right off the bat with a couple of major outbreaks. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they've kind of cleaned their act up. Looks like they kind of got their stuff together. Yeah, it's kind of sharpening up. Yep, so that's exciting for them. Um, definitely happy to see a lot of these teams chugging along. A little bit surprised to see how things are going to go for the Cardinals. Uh, they missed a good more than half of the initial season here so far. Their schedule is going to be absolutely brutal down the stretch, and even for some of their division mates, because a lot of these games are against people in their division, the way that they've localized the schedule, it's going to be really interesting. And it's also going to be a, a lot of double headers, which means they're going to be playing a lot less innings. A lot less innings, uh, but on a much more condensed timeline. Yes. So it's going to be interesting to see. I wonder if that's going to impact a lot of their statistics, maybe RBIs, maybe home runs, things like that. Mm-hmm. But also, it seems like this whole season is just going to have a big asterisk next to it. Yeah, it's it's been weird. Uh, we've had a, a bunch of surprises so far. We've had a, a couple of teams that we considered basement teams just a season ago really start to shine. Yeah, we're seeing hot starts, or at least decent starts here, by the Miami Marlins and the Orioles, Baltimore Orioles, uh, both sitting here at Marlins 9-6 and because they're sitting a handful of games short due to their little COVID outbreak toward the beginning of the season. They're the ones who broke it into everybody. Uh, and the Orioles are sitting at 12-9. and nine. Now, growing consensus from everything I see, people aren't really expecting these teams to still make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not expecting these teams to be super competitive throughout the season. But it's a hot start, and on such a short season, you wonder if that'll be enough with the expanded playoff field, the extra wild card teams. You wonder if... A hot start, even if they play slightly sub-500 baseball for the second 30 games of the season, if they're able to have themselves a good 7 or 8 game cushion above 500, at that point, they might be able to be settling in around 500, sneak into the playoffs, which would be a huge overachievement. Yeah, for two teams that For teams that people thought were years away from being years away. Yeah, they're they're entry-level rebuilds almost so that's exciting and you know that kind of brings me to the other point of we have a couple of hot starts from players too Mm -hmm. uh aaron judge mike trout you know kind of guys you'd expect to be up there but guys who are just coming right out of out of the gate smacking home runs and if you quantified it over the length of a full season yeah they'd be home run single season home run record breaking yeah seasons smashing uh, multiple guys mm-hmm. so this obviously isn't sustainable 
The question becomes, though, if it is sustained throughout the whole season, because what it's kind a short of, season, yeah. what kind of respect will that get? What kind of respect will that get for contract negotiations? What kind of respect will that get for maybe M, uh, uh, MVP consideration or, or pitchers? They're only getting 11 starts. How are we grading them? Are they still going to be doing Cy Young Awards? Are they still going to be hosting? You know, are are they going to be naming ceremonial All Stars, even though they're not having an All Star game? Yeah, are they going to are they going to be giving you know named awards that are just for this season because the season is so different? It That's will... true. The way that the way that the NBA had bubble awards or, or you know mm-hmm. the MLS is back had their own tournament MVPs and things like that. It's it's going to be interesting to watch on a sport that is so by the book, on a sport that is so against almost, breaking tradition and almost biblical when it yeah. comes to the way that they keep stats and rank things. It's going to be really interesting to see how they accommodate this. I mean, they're they're going to have to be forced to adjust. There's no way around it. A, a guy like Charlie Blackman right now batting four forty mm-hmm. a third of the way through the season. That would be a historic company if he's even to able to, even if he loses 50 points, 40 points off of this average. Yeah. He's still historically a great season, but even he admitted there's going to be an asterisk. So it's curious to see how this stuff's monitored and how this stuff is kind of interpreted as it unfolds. Yes. Another person who's been a crazy surprise. Yes. Has been Tatis Jr., over there on the San Diego Padres, it, incredible man. He's he's tied for the lead in home runs with with the likes of Judge and Trout, and he he also steals bases. He, he has on base percentage is wild. It's it's impressive, and it's it's really fun to uh, see the stardom rise so fast. Do you think it's because you know of the lockdown and because of COVID, we've we've had so much more broadcasting of the games that. Uh, his, do you find his stardom surprising? Because I, I almost don't. I do. You do. And I don't. Uh, I don't want to be a naysayer. He seems exciting to watch. It seems like he has all the tools. Mm-hmm. Very entertaining. Baseball needs stars like that. Mm-hmm. But I remember Yasiel Puig coming up and having a thirty to sixty game stretch that was monumental mm-hmm. and. People thought he was going to be the next big thing. I remember even when Reese Hoskins came up, in his first 30 games, he hit like more home runs than anybody in a 30-game span ever, and everybody was losing their minds because his batting average was like 340, and he was taking walks like crazy and smacking home runs. Mm-hmm. Baseball, people get hot. You know, they were even saying when when I was looking into some of the numbers behind this Charlie Blackman statistic where he's at batting 440, they said there are six, you know, other than Ted Williams, nobody's ever had a 400 batting average, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be off on that. But, oh, you know, over a length of a season, definitely not. Yeah, and um, they were saying over a 60-game span of a season, mm-hmm. it's not a crazy amount, but there were something like 17 guys yeah. that put up 60-game spans batting over 400. Right. And so it's all about, you know... It's been done in that sense. If we're if he only puts up a sixty game, four hundred batting season, just because we're calling sixty games a season this year, it doesn't mean that hasn't been done before. So and I and I agree with you, and I th- 
think particularly on the numbers point, I think you're right. But I think where this differs is because he's able to do so many different things well. He hits well. He runs well. He feels well. Oh, with Tatis, absolutely, yes. yeah. I so mean, I don't, I don't like find, I, said, I don't find his stardom tools, particularly surprising. But I'd argue Yasiel Puig had all the tools. I mean, he was smacking home runs. He was getting on base. He could steal. He had a count. Remember some of the highlights he had, throwing people out from the outfield with yeah. that cannon of an arm. But all, m- maybe more of a head case, more oh. of a wild card. I think Tati. I think at least when you hear Tati's Jr. speak right now, he, he seems very level-headed, very, uh, very calm, very you know confident maybe it's yeah I'm not, I'm not trying to talk against the guy i'm just no saying, I, and i'm not i'm not seen, trying to put that on you but... we've seen spans that last even longer there's sometimes even a one or two year span of a guy where he's really impressive mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he's gonna have like a you know 10 all-star games let's give him a 400 million dollar contract yeah you know not, no i mean he's not there yet those are do... those are thrown around in baseball i mean yelich arenado Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, yeah. Bryce Harper. I mean, all these guys who just get these monumental contracts. I'm not ready to jump on board and say, Tatis is a budding star of the league. Let's make him a franchise player. He might get there. Yeah. But we've seen, based on this sample size, there have been other guys who looked like they were going to trend way higher and, and crashed way faster. Definitely fair. Speaking of giant contract, Phillies sign... Please, please sign JT Realmuto. Tied at fourth with eight home runs on the season. Yeah, Realmuto has been the most consistent part of that team this year. The Phillies have actually looked like they're starting to get their stuff together after some brutal series against Miami and Baltimore. The two teams, maybe that's why those teams are starting out hot. They just yeah. got to play the Phillies. Yeah, they early. might just. Yeah, they've played but, the Phillies a whole bunch. Um, it looks like they're getting their stuff together. Had a really great few games against the Mets. Had a really great few games against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should just play New York for the whole rest of the season. I'd be down. I'm fine. Um, but Remuto's got... they got to lock him up. We, we, they got to lock him up. We need him resigned. And guess what? The longer they wait, the, the more, more expensive, expensive it's going to be. Yeah it's, yeah, it's getting more and more problematic with each passing, uh, each passing game. So... Moving on to the NBA. Yes. Round one of the playoffs. We had the end of the bubble this past week. Gotta say, I was pretty disappointed. I thought that the wind down of the bubble was rather anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. I thought it was disappointing to see teams with two or three games left in the in the regular season bubble period already resting players, already packing it in already not caring about the result of the match because the their seed was essentially cemented in. Mm-hmm. It led to some pretty underwhelming games, especially mm-hmm. because there were some teams that had their entire you know playoff future in the balance. That was a little bit as a fan, it just made, you know, where with the NHL I've been able to virtually watch every single game and they've been meaningful, enjoyable, high-octane games, whether it was the regular season games, whether it was the play-in games, or the now-playoffs. Or the round-robin yeah, seeding, yeah. Yeah, the NBA just had some games that were just, you could tell both teams. I mean, both teams weren't playing a single starter. It's like, come on. Yeah. This is this is your time to shine, and this is the quality we're getting as this a fan. This is the time where everybody's home, everybody's watching. Yeah, so that was that was initially disappointing, but I digress. 
wrapped up pretty interestingly. Yes. Got to say, uh, Dame Lillard, Portland Trailblazers, uh, Dame Lillard capturing bubble MVP. Yeah. And the Trailblazers have been one of the most exciting teams to watch. And I got to say, that's going to be a really interesting series. All of a sudden, the the Clippers might be happy that they didn't capture that one seed. Yes. Uh, because Lillard is playing like a man possessed. Absolutely. And that could, you know, that Lakers team should have the talent to weather the storm, but it's not going to be a walk in the park, and it would not shock me if we saw an upset there. It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if we see a long series, too. That could, that, could, that could fill out all the TV slots for that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot closer because they're a team coming in hot to uh, to a number one seed. To a team that's kind of coasting in coasting into the playoffs here. Yeah. Uh, On a local front, the Sixers have been tough to watch. Really disappointing. I think Ben Simmons was disappointing to have him get injured. I think we've had an almost entire team of underperforming. I mean, almost everywhere you look. Yeah. I don't see people carrying their weight. Al Horford hasn't done what he's nobody's was earning to their do. contract. Tobias Harris hasn't done what he's been paying, being paid to do. Joel Embiid isn't looking like the generational talent to dominate and take over games like the NBA's next great big man. And I think that might come down to Brett Brown. And I think that this we could be seeing the beginning of the end. Yeah. Or the end of the end. Yeah. The, the of, final death of the process. Yeah. Um. I love the guy. I think he was great to navigate this team through the through the process. I will always appreciate him as a coach, but I think it might be time to go. We're yeah. not getting enough out of the talent on the floor, and that comes down to coaching. I, and I think, yeah, I think we're kind of out of carrots, out of sticks. I don't um, think I don't think there's much more that Brett Brown can do, change up, switch up, that can really revitalize this team. I don't I don't see anything happening. One thing that was interesting about the wrap-up was the Phoenix Suns went undefeated, looked yes. like the hottest team in basketball. On the shoulders of a, of a extremely hot and, and definitely runner-up MVP. Uh, Devin Booker. Yes. And that was really uh, disappointing to see them go. Uh, I understand the way it was structured, and they didn't make the cut, but finishing with the exact same record, uh, I believe, as the, as the, the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not getting in. That's a tough tip blow for them, but I think they're going to be a really exciting team to watch next year. And yeah. They're going to really take this as a building uh, block and a opportunity to really move their rebuild forward even faster. Yeah, uh, I th- and I think they have a, uh, a strong uh, depth of players that they can do it with. I'm excited to see what happens. I think both of us kind of feel the same way about the NBA due to the lack of talent distribution. We tend to kind of lean for the favorites in most of these. I mean, especially the Eastern Conference. I don't think the Raptors are the Bucks. Raptors are playing against the Brooklyn Nets. They're the second seed versus the seven. The Milwaukee Bucks are playing against the Orlando Magic. That's the one versus the eight. I don't see either of those series being even remotely close. No. I think the Raptors and Bucks coast to the next round. Then we have the Pacers and Heat and the Celtics and Sixers. As much as I want the Sixers to win, I don't know if I see it. Game one was tonight. The Sixers lost by eight points. And Jason Tatum just absolutely took over the game. Unless they, unless Brett Brown lights that fire under him and they really can start performing, 
I think this is the end of them for the season in the bubble, and I think it might be the end of Brett Brown in Philadelphia. The other series is the Pacers versus the Miami Heat. That one, I honestly say, could be a toss-up. It's pretty close to a toss-up. It really, it really just depends on you know who who gets hot each night. Yeah, and good, and it could be any of the guys. Um, in the West, I think we might have a little bit more competition, but again, uh, we already talked about the Lakers and Blazers. We have the Rockets versus the Thunder. That's going to be fascinating. Russell Westbrook against his old team. Chris Paul against his old team. I could actually see that one going maybe a little bit further. Same with the Jazz versus the Nuggets. Could be a long series. That could, could not be a be long, long series. series. It really depends on who shows up to play, who and does what. I, I don't expect the Clippers to have too hard of a time with the Dallas Mavericks. No, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they match up too well. But you never know. That Dallas team was a lot of fun to watch this year. They had a very good regular season. Luka Doncic is an entertaining player. Who, He's quite good. Yeah, um, Kristaps Porzingis. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Finney Smith really came to life for that team. Yes, uh, they they've got some talent, and it'll be interesting to see how they. Uh, There'll be good games, but we think end of the day, it's most likely going to be the big changeup. Uh, no big changeups really happening. It's mostly favorites. Yep, moving through. So moving to the other playoff uh, league. Yes. Uh, the other bubble. The other bubble league. Yeah, the uh, NHL. Mm-hmm. Two host cities. Playoffs started. In the East Coast, we are in uh, Toronto. and the West Coast, we're in Edmonton. Just like it was in the bubble. And we have had some great, great, great hockey to watch. We've had fantastic hockey. Uh, overtime hockey doesn't stop till someone scores. And as a result... We had the fourth longest game in NHL playoff history this past week. Absolutely insane. Five overtimes. Game one of the Columbus Blue Jackets versus Tampa Bay Lightning. Wow. What a game. We had records broken for most saves in a game. Korpikovsky hitting 85, I believe it was. It was something absurd. It was it ridiculous. Was absolutely nuts. Seth Jones having... A breaking the NHL record game for, worth of ice time. Yeah, more than sixty minutes worth of ice time. Absolutely ridiculous. The game was phenomenal, uh, and that just started off the series. Which, yeah, that uh, was game one. Right now, um, a bunch of the series are, are almost are almost close to wrapping up. Yeah, we have got... a couple of teams that are on the ropes. Capitals down three nothing to the New York Islanders. Yeah, pretty crazy. I don't know how many people saw that coming. I certainly didn't. I know you did. Um, we have the Columbus Blue Jackets, as we just noted, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're down three games to one as well. They were able to get one back after that crazy overtime game, but lost the last two. And Chicago Blackhawks down three to one to Vegas. Mm -hmm. I think Vegas is going to wrap that up pretty nicely. They had one of the better regular seasons as well. Top seed out in the West. And they've been quite good this playoff series. Yeah, they're looking really hot. Um, Phoenix Coyotes are down, I believe it's three games to one, mm-hmm. to the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. So those teams all on the ropes, I mean, we could easily see. I don't know if I see any of the down teams rallying and coming back. From, um, Capitals would be one of the first teams of all time to come back from 3-0. The Blue Jackets just, I think after that overtime loss, look deflated. Yeah, they look really gassed. They play a very, very long game. 
wouldn't surprise me if they're uh, they're a little banged up, a little sore. Uh, the Blackhawks kind of look old, uh, which isn't that surprising because they're kind of old. Yeah, and they had a really tough series that I don't think a lot of people thought they would get out of mm-hmm. last round against the Oilers. Uh, the Oilers, yeah. And so, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Um, Calgary, Dallas, uh, uh, Calgary and Dallas. That series is tied up two to two. That's been a really exciting one. I still think I like Calgary to get out of it, but it really is a coin toss. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolina and Boston. When we started recording. It looked like Carolina was about to lock up the series two games to two, but Boston came and roared back with four third-period goals and is now up four to two. So it looks like Boston might also be taking a commanding three-to-one lead and put Carolina on the brink of elimination. Uh, the only one we didn't, I believe it's the only one we didn't mention, is also our hometown series, the Flyers against the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, we didn't mention the the Blues uh, up against the Vancouver Canucks. You are correct. We uh, didn't mention that. Defending champions. Defending champions. Chief Craig Berube up there at head coach. Yeah. And uh, they uh, just actually got their first win last night to come back after falling down pretty quickly 2-0. Yeah, uh, to a, a, a very uh, fast and a very youthful Vancouver Canucks side. Bo Horvat has had a very good series so far. Uh Blues have had some goaltending issues. They're they've made changes. It's uh that's always interesting to see, especially in a playoff scenario. They didn't have a good restart. They lost their seeding games. Um, it's been it's been tough several matchups for them. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, but in local news, we do have we do have some fun storylines. Carter Hart is the youngest ever Flyers goaltender to uh, pitch a shutout playoff game uh at 22 years and three days old and we have another little heartwarming story as well from the flyers team yeah oscar lindblom the uh forward who at the time was leading the team in goal scoring was diagnosed with bone cancer Mm -hmm. this past season and he actually has been able to rejoin the team uh join them for the first time skating two days ago to a giant reception and could it maybe, no guarantees, but maybe possibly make it back by the end of a playoff run if this stretches on long enough. Mm-hmm. Really exciting for the guys. I imagine that was a huge boost in the locker room. And obviously really exciting for Oscar. Where, yeah. uh, you know, a few months ago, this didn't even seem like something that, it didn't seem like there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And, uh, and the fact that he's already back skating is just a testament to him. Uh, what a tough player he is what a tough person he is and i think everybody uh whether they're flyers fans or not is pulling for this guy yeah absolutely no question hockey players are tough absolutely um and so with that we have everybody's favorite we're gonna, countdown yeah we're gonna round things out with our countdown to football 24 days until kickoff i know we are all chomping at the bit there really hasn't been a ton of news regarding the NFL. It seems like college football, kind of this week, most of the dominoes fell there. Yeah. It seems like for the most part, other than a couple stragglers, there's going to be no college football. doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And so 
the NFL is going to have all the attention, mm-hmm. all eyes on them, and they're going full steam ahead. You know. Yeah, uh, they're they're making their plans. Practices are happening right now. Um, probably not as we speak. It's probably too late for that. But there's probably film going on. Uh, they're preparing. Uh, and that's kind of the only real news we have on the uh, player side. On the front office side, though, the uh, the Washington football team, the new name, uh, has has a decent headline for the first time in several months. Yeah, they. Uh, well, it seems like they're really making a push to change the culture there. Yeah. Especially after all of the reports that came out. I mean, the name, the super controversy name that they had, the major, very public name change, and the backlash from like the White House they were getting, and, and that was super in the public eye. And then all of a sudden. They had this major report come out with all sorts of sexual misconduct in the workplace and workplace allegations, people demanding a leadership change, and they just hired a new black, a new team president who is the first black team president in NFL history. Um, Thirty-eight years old, also the yeah. youngest in history, and former player. Yeah, former player Jason Wright, uh, former running back. And I think that's a huge step. I know the league has been facing issues of a lack of diversity. Mm-hmm. Especially and, uh, higher up in the organization. Uh, exactly. Coaches, presidents, GMs. Obviously, one hire does not change a trend of an industry. No. It's, it is a very, very, very small step. But it's still significant, especially for a team that's been entrenched in so much controversy. Yeah entrenched with so many things that people resemble with some forms of bigotry or ignorance yeah it's good for them to be you know that maybe this is the real first step in them creating a legitimate culture change yeah uh it it definitely shows that they're uh willing to look uh look everywhere to make those changes and one one good step forward is worth one good step forward all righty buddy 24 days out does the season happen? No, it doesn't happen. Well, it starts. It starts. It so doesn't, that doesn't finish. finish. No, there's no way. It's just too hard. It, the NFL machine is just too large. There's, Do you they think we get hundred games in? Do you think we get enough in that they can jerry rig a playoff system, or does it totally sink? Uh, Titanic hits an iceberg, sinks in the water. Oof. Okay. Well, it starts in September, right? So, which means we got to get. How many weeks will we have to get in before they could? Well, and, and here's the thing too: you got to remember because they only play once a week, like major league, unlike major league baseball. You play once, you have the whole week in between to find test players, find out what's happening. It's not like you're going to have teams sneaking into games, testing positive, getting te- you know, it, the games are spaced out enough that they might be able to do it right. But maybe, but we also uh, we really don't know this virus that well. Yeah. I mean, so. personally, I'm not a virologist, but like, I don't know how, I just don't know how, the, you know, the incubation period or whatever, or asymptomatic players, or you, like, you never know, like, the, the best testing could still have its faults, and just because of the, uh, how you say, intimacy of the game, I think it's just, I think it's just going to be way too tough to keep the NFL machine running. Well... We're just going to have to wait and see. We're just going to have to wait and see. 
that about wraps it up here for us today everyone thank you for joining us thank everybody for listening uh please give us any feedback you have comments questions hit us on the social media at b-o-t-t podcast on both twitter and instagram we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening guys thanks